Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith Kennedy handle out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the center square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's kicked the goal from inside the center. I can't believe that. Boyd has kicked the goal. Yes, hello and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast for round 17 of the AFL season. My name is Eddie Dads. Um, as usual, I'm going to be your host for this podcast, which as always is proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. Helping me talk about all things Supercoach, I've got a couple of the young guns of the Supercoach world on the line. Um, joining me from his mum's bedroom by the looks uh, is a dishevelled looking Charlie. Dads, how are you going, Charlie? Good, thanks, Eddie. A bit tired. Um, had my uh, my girlfriend's 21st party on Saturday and then watched Curios last night. So I'm a bit dusty, but ready to talk to <laughs> Love it. Sounds great. Dylan, you were in the fight MD beanie. Um, how are you going? Dylan Bolch, of course, from, from many things, not least of all, doing a bit of writing for the Herald Sun. Um, he's all over the place on social media. Dylan, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Pretty tired. I stayed up for Curios as well last <laughs> night, um, but we'll get through. We'll push through. What did you think? What uh, what was the upshot from Kyrgios? Did you think what what did he do wrong in the end? Oh, I don't know. I think Djokovic is just so good. Um, yeah, tough opponent, but it was good for Kyrgios to get as far as he did. Hopefully, he can he can do it again at some point. But who knows with him? He's a bit of a uh, bit of a uh, loose <laughs> loose sort of bloke. Indeed. Now you're both Hawks fans as well, so I wanted to to ask you boys how you're feeling um, about the result yesterday, Charlie. What did you watch the game? What did you think? I did. I'm up and about. Um, obviously, being from Adelaide, a lot of my mates are Crows fans, so it was good to get a one-up on them. And yeah, Hawks played really well. It wasn't, I don't think the Crows were bad necessarily. I think the Hawks just played a, a really good brand of footy. Dylan Moore continues to make me look like an absolute moron. Um, I traded him in for his six worst weeks of the season, and now he looks absolutely epic. I didn't watch the game, but he had five clearances. What's going mm. on with that, Dylan? Was he, is he attending center bounces? What's up with that? It's probably a question for Charlie. I didn't watch it either. I was on the road, um, so I had it on the radio and loved what Mitch Lewis did in the first quarter. But after that, it was uh, in and out of reception. So you'd, you'd hear snippets here and there and then you'd drive for 10 minutes. And um, But yeah, they got the win, which was good. But yeah, I've got, I can't tell you, unfortunately, Eddie, I uh, wouldn't have a clue. Is he pushing up the ground, Charlie? Is that what's going on? It was pushing up the ground. He was in um, centre bounces, um, which was really weird, but I love that. Um, no, he looked great. And yeah, he's he's a much, like when he's playing well, Hawks are playing well as well. I think he's probably the MVP, I reckon, for the Hawks. Yeah, I love it. I saw uh, Tim Michelle, who's a, a good friend of the podcast, put up on Twitter that he thinks Mitch Lewis 
should be in the frame for all Australian full forward, and it met some mixed reception. I think it's fair to say. Um, is he in the ballpark there, Dylan? Is that a fair call, or it seems a little bit excessive for mine? Um, but as a Hawks guy, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I love him, but I, it's probably a little bit excessive only because he's missed a few games with um, hammy issues and like just different injuries here and there. So he's played. Oh, what have we? We're up to 17 games. I reckon he's played. The, he's probably missed about a month all up. Um, and when you compare him to someone like Charlie Kernow or Max King, he probably just doesn't have the same amount of games um, behind him. But I think if you break it down to average goals per game, he's like top two or three. So when he has been there, he's been he's been awesome. And obviously in a side that's struggling as well. So yeah, very stoked with his progression as a Hawks man. Love it. We were chatting off air, by the way. Um, I'm currently in Vancouver, Canada. And while I got to watch a lot of the games on replay, thankfully, um, thank you to the Watch AFL app. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, the only two games that I got live this weekend was Hawthorne, uh, was sorry, Kangaroos, Collingwood, and Essendon, Brisbane. Two of, two of probably the worst games, I think, of footy I've ever watched. Is that, is that, the, that must be the normal sort of 12 30 Saturday, Sunday fair. God, they were terrible. Oh, it was shocking to watch. They were good games. Yeah, at least it was close. I mean, the Bombers game, the Bombers game was just excruciating to watch. I can't believe I put myself through that. Um, enough talk about actual footy. Let's get into fake footy. Um, I want to know how you boys went over the weekend. Charlie, you're looking cock-a-hoop, um, and it's for good reason. Let, let the listeners know what you dropped over the weekend. Yeah, I had a, an amazing week. Um, Pop scored in our little SE Playbook Contributors League with a, a two four five seven. Um, and that was 964th for the round. So I wasn't expecting it to be that good, but um, clearly I reckon a lot of people would have had Neil Captain, which I avoided. <laughs> I took Took uh, or Took, sorry, as my VC. Um, yeah, and moved up 2,688 rankings to just over 10,000th. Love it. Very, very good stuff. How about you, Dylan? What did you have over the weekend? Yeah, pretty similar. I scored two four three one, um, so about mm. thirty points less than than what Charlie did, and I'm now ranked bang on ten k. I'm actually ten zero zero. Love it. So, um, but I, Let's go, I, boys. I, had, I, I had Neil captain as well. Um, didn't check. it was one of those weekends where you're just so tied up with other things you don't don't look at it. Um, and I looked Saturday or Sunday morning, hoping to hoping to flick the uh, the seat off Neil, and all my emergencies had already played. So. Damn. I had to just roll with it. Um, but I guess that's a consequence of being a little bit slow on the uh, <laughs> slow on the movements throughout the weekend. It's one that gets you surprisingly often, isn't it? The the I've got the perfect loop, but I don't have the guy to loop for it. Yeah. Um, I've been stung with that quite a few times already this year. I yeah, I got hit with Neil. Um, the, the yeah, I, it was sort of all logic said he was going to go large. Um, he'd obviously destroy the bombers. We spoke about it on last week's pod. I think two hundred two double tons in his last three games against them. Um, but as soon as I went, we saw the, I saw the first centre bounce and I saw Jai Caldwell sort of niggling him. And I was like, oh, God, this is a perfect job for Jai Caldwell. Um, and he absolutely gave him a bath uh, to an extent that I haven't really seen Neil get beaten before. It was incredible. Charlie, did you watch that game live? Were you loving it, knowing that you'd already locked in your VC score? Sorry, Eddie, just <coughs> had a little cough. Um, <laughs> I was I was keeping a, a close eye on it. I wasn't, wasn't watching it really, you know, watching the Bombers on a, a Sunday afternoon. Isn't really my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I'd rather spend my day doing something else. But no, I, I was keeping an eye on it. And um, yeah, Caldwell was wearing them like a glove, which actually like for this week, I think they play Gold Coast. Um, Tuke Miller would normally be a standout captain option, but now that's put a little bit of doubt 
I agree. I, I absolutely agree. I think they're actually quite similar players, Took and um, and Lockie Neal. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the Bombers do. But yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think Took is the the guaranteed captaincy lock that he might have been prior to last week. What went right for you over the weekend, Dylan? With a score like that and a ranking jump like that, must have been a few things. What in particular stood out? Um, I, th- I think the main thing for me was just reaching full primo. So I put Steele in as my last um, last midfielder, which means he's. Uh, He's like complete to my team um, per se. So I just I didn't cop any of those twenty or thirty scores that you get from a Rose Astro Curtis or a um, even D'Ambrosio only got thirty this week going off injured. Um, so I avoided all of that, which was I think the biggest biggest upside. Yeah, nice. Um, for the record, by the way, I had uh, two three six six, which again was uh, I've, it's been three weeks in a row. I've barely moved in the rankings. I went up two spots to four hundred and fifty second. Um, the Neil captaincy really hurt. Um, a couple of other ones that really hurt me was uh, Jordan Dawson and Bailey Dale got um, sat on by Ryan Clark all day, which was really disappointing. He was my, uh, I was hoping for a nice little pod, uh, bring him in to replace Aaron Hall. And yeah, that has not worked out. That's been an absolute disaster. I've gone short to Hall to uh, Bailey Dale and cost myself about 150 points in the process. So that hasn't been ideal. Um, it was nice to see uh, Andrew Brayshaw uh, absolutely killed it again. He's been excellent, and I really enjoy owning Jack Sinclair too. He's been – I think we'll, we'll probably do a wrap-up of the season podcast at some point, but he would have to be close to the Supercoach MVP of the season. What went wrong for you, Charlie? Obviously, you had the you had the two captaincy going right. What else went right and wrong for oh, you over the weekend? In uh, in defence, I had um, Dacos and Pendles. So um, the well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dacos has been like the, the probably the best hold I think of the season for me. Um, and <clears throat> in hindsight, it was a very obvious hold. Um, I mean, it could have gone either way, but he had back to back tons going into his buy, um, and ultimately, yeah, the decision for me to keep him has proven great and that's boosted me up the rankings. Um, and, yeah, Pendle was bouncing back from his uh, pretty poor score last week. was always great to see. Um, as you said, Eddie Brayshaw, he's dominated. I've had him pretty much all year um, and that's been really rewarding. And then Wits um, with a 117. So I brought him in last week for his, I think he had a 60 or something. Terrible and um, that's great to see him scoring well. Uh, but then the losses, Jack Crisp with... Oh my god! I can't, what like what even is going on with him at the moment? He's he's still attending CBAs and he's getting around the ground, but um, like three scores in the eighties, I think, in a row. Or he had a seventy-seven this week. Sorry, um, and then yeah, Josh Dunkley with a very, very below par um, score. Yeah, the thing with Crisp, he actually he got enough of the ball. I think he had um, yeah close to twenty possessions, lots of marks, few tackles. Um, used the ball terribly. I think he went at fifty-five percent. So that was probably the uh, the downfall of him. I actually wouldn't mind seeing him uh, switched back into defence again. I I don't really I don't, I'm not sure about this midfield experiment with him. He, he doesn't look like a midfielder to me. You can sort of tell when guys look like mids and when they don't. Um, and I don't think he really does. What about what went wrong for you, Dylan? Anything in particular, or was it or was it pretty smooth sailing? Um, it was pretty smooth sailing. I, th- I think captaincy was the biggest killer. I had I went with Neil as I mentioned before, and he was the uh, the third. Worst option I could have picked out of my 22 on field. Like anyone else would have been better pretty much um, aside from Dunkley. So that's a little bit annoying. But um, yeah, otherwise I think it was it was pretty smooth sailing for what it could have been. I love it. Well, boys, as we all are planning our trades this week, but how well do you know your numbers outside of Supercoach? With interest rates going up at the moment, it might be time to finally trade banks and save yourself a bit of cash. Don't know where to start? 
shoot Pat and George Mortgage Choice, all in one word, a message on Instagram, or give them a call on 0295211611 and mention the SC Playbook podcast. They will take care of the rest. Um, and thanks again to Pat and George. They've been a huge support for the SC Playbook brand um, and we love them dearly for it. Now, onto the weekend's big topics. Um, we've got a couple to get through today. It's actually surprisingly interesting round of Supercoach, um, given that we're this late in the season that people are running short of trades. There's a lot going on. And the first thing that I wanted to turn your guys' attention to was the DPP editions, which came out this morning, I believe, or late last night. Um, we've got a few players who are adding positions, which is always exciting. Um, Charlie, what are a couple of the big names that stood out to you of this list of players uh, that we've got that have added a position? Well, the first name that immediately jumps off the uh, the screen is Harry Himmelberg getting defender status. Um, I think, obviously, he's probably not a trade-in option at the moment, but for those that have um, had him for the last four or so weeks, um, having that flexibility now, um, especially, you know, if Aaron Hall were to miss another week, he can flick um, uh, Himmelberg up to defence and then and bring in another forward. You could do that. Um, Rowan Marshall with forward status as well. Um, we've seen... He's not entirely relevant this year, but with Paddy Ryder out of the team, if that were to happen, um, Rowan Marshall's stocks skyrocket. So um, both of those guys are, are pretty appealing. Yeah, I love it. Dylan, anyone we've missed there? I mean, I just want to, with Himmelberg, he comes in and is immediately, um, among defenders, he's got the second highest five-round average in the comp. So that definitely makes him uh, an interesting option. I, I probably, Like you say, Charlie, it's probably one of those that you've, you've sort of missed the boat given his three-round average is trending downwards. He's averaging 104 over the last three. But um, yeah, certainly one to take a look at. Is there anyone else there, Dylan, um, that you like the look of? No, I think Charlie's hit it uh, nail on the head there. Nothing else to add at all. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think, yeah, Jeremy Finlayson as a forward slash ruck, um, adding that ruck status is interesting. Um, wouldn't touched it. Will Day adds midfield. Um, Liam Shields adds a forward line status. Um, and one that we were discussing off air, which is kind of an interesting one for, for next year's purposes, um, is Archie Perkins adding uh, a mid slash forward status. So he was just a forward. He's now a mid slash forward, which I don't know. Charlie, any, any interest in, in that at all for next year? Is he a breakout candidate in 2023? Well, I mean, you got to tell me, Eddie. I, I, I've seen a bit of him, and I love the way he plays. I think he's probably next year in Essendon's midfield rotation. Um, I don't know what they do with Kyle Langford, but I think Archie Perkins is that next step into the midfield. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to get some midfield time. Uh, I don't think he's an accumulator. I think he's more of a sort of Dugowie, Heaney sort of player. Not that he's on that level, mind you, but I think he's more of that impact, going there for three centre bounces, get a couple of clearances, and, and then back to the forward line sort of situation. So probably not for mine, um, but he's with a big preseason, um, there's every chance to put his hand up in there. Um, we, we are assuming, by the way, that uh, everyone who has these positions added is very likely to, to have them over for next year. I don't know what the exact rules are, but I imagine it would have something would have to go seriously wrong to not have these at the start of next season. Um, the next big topic I want to talk about is unfortunate as always, but we do have more injuries creeping up. It's that time of the year. Players are getting a little bit um, tired. We're getting a, the grounds are a bit heavier, a bit wetter. Uh, there's a bit going on. The first and biggest injury to talk about is Clayton Oliver, Charlie, who hurt his thumb. What's the latest on Oliver? Yeah, so when I was watching it live, I, I didn't think too much of it. Um, he wasn't in that much pain, but he was definitely cradling a little bit. I thought it was a hand. Um, but yeah, news has since surfaced that it was a broken thumb um, and he's even been sent in for surgery. Uh, he's likely to miss this week. Um, I'd, I'd be surprised if he did make it up. Um, but he should be av- available for round 19. So if he does miss, it'll only be a week. So um, definitely a hold. How, 
how confident are you on that? I'm pretty confident. I've uh, I've seen. I think Simon Goodwin maybe came out. I saw something on Twitter. Not sure if it was by Goodwin or um, another Melbourne coaching staff, but I don't know. I, I don't know how surgeries work with with broken thumbs. I would think um, he'd have to rehab it a little bit, but I'd say I'd say just a week. Yeah. Okay. Um. I, from what I can see, there. Yeah. I don't know if they've confirmed the break yet. I think it looks like it's. Um, no, he has broken his thumb, but he's likely to miss one week. Yeah, okay. Makes yes. sense. So hopefully that's all we'll miss from him. Um, we will talk about him in a little bit. You mentioned that you think he's a hold, Charlie. I think I'd, I'd like to offer some alternative views on that front, um, but we'll get to that in one second. Uh, Dylan, talk to me about Aaron Hall. Anything come out about him? Yeah, so he was initially one to two weeks. He's obviously missed the one. Um, Noble said in his press, uh, press conference after the game that he might come up for this game, so... If he's not back this week, I think it could be the week after. But, yeah, if you've still got him, certainly hold. God damn it. Um, I was so confident that he was going to miss more than one. Um, it just it doesn't <laughs> make any sense. It doesn't, does it, what, what's the point in North bringing back Aaron Hall at this point? Yeah, I don't know. Like, the, wheel, the wheels are clearly falling off at North. Um, mm. as, as competitive as they were on the weekend, I think, yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of issues there still. Um, and as you said, I don't know why you wouldn't pick a kid and play a kid that's been doing okay in the, the VFL and give him a bit of exposure at the end of the year. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me, but um, yeah, fair enough. If you held him, great call. Um, another one that a lot of people would have held last weekend is Daniel Rich. Charlie, what's the latest on him? Um, I've seen, yeah, from Chris Fagan um, uh, specifically, he's come out and said that um, he has a chance to play, but um, and this was with uh, with Dane Zorko as well. They're both still a chance to play, but still aren't one hundred percent. So um, okay. I probably lean to more towards more likely playing. Um, but there is always that still. And um, Riches was a hammy, was it not? So I don't think they'd be too inclined to uh, to rush him back in. Yeah, again, that one doesn't make that. That's one of those ones that I would I would be surprised if he got up after a week. I, players missing one week with injury, I just never really understand it. Like I've not played a heap of footy, but I played a bit of footy. And the times when you actually tweak something and it feels better after a week off is very rare. It, it takes a couple of weeks at least. So, I mean, obviously don't have access to that sort of medical staff, but I just don't, I just don't know why they'd, they'd give him a week. Why, why not just give him two? There's no real rush. Brisbane are, are playing good footy. They're, they're, I know they missed a lot of players last week. They'll get a lot back this week. Um, yeah, that one to keep an eye on there. Uh, Dylan, Brody Grundy. Yeah, Grundy, um, he's back running after a PCL injury and he's still probably a fortnight away from all reports. Yep, okay, good for Darcy Cameron owners. Uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio, Charlie, what's the go with him? We were all loving what he had to offer, the rising star last week. Unfortunately, he looked to have some sort of quad hammy issue. Uh, yeah, it was a corky. So um, <clears throat> ordinarily it wouldn't be too bad and I would think he'd be able to get up for this week, but... Um, ben Rudden has said that it's more than a corky. Um, it's a pretty serious one. So um, they did try to keep him on the ground um, and he tried to stay on the ground as well. But, um, yeah, he, he just wasn't wasn't fit enough and he couldn't quite get up. Okay, interesting. So it's just a really bad corky, do we think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I did see he did come back straight back on afterwards. Didn't look 100%. Got a kick or two. Um, very unfortunate for those who were playing him because he was looking pretty good up until that point. Again, he's just got a beautiful left foot kick. Um, last one I want to touch on is Toby Nankervis, Dylan. Yeah, PCL injury um, after their game uh, against the Suns, which that was an awesome game, actually. It was, <laughs> I wasn't it? I don't know if you caught that, but that was a, that was a really good watch. 
Yeah, yeah, um, I watched the replay. That was fantastic. Yeah, so he's out with a PCL. Um, I haven't seen anything time frame wise, but you'd think it's yeah, not n- nothing that he'll come back too quickly from. Yeah, what a what a nightmare night for Richmond. My God, um, just, just terrible. Did not think they were going to blow that. Um, yeah, unbelievable scenes up on the Gold Coast. Noah Anderson, just brilliant. I love the way he goes about it. Um, yeah, that, just on I Richmond. Think- sorry, Eddie. I think Soldo also went down injured, so there might be a uh, an issue in their tools this week. Interesting. Okay, and one that I want to throw at you that I didn't have in the run sheet that I've just seen was Malcolm Rosas. Have we had any anything come out about Malcolm Rosas? I haven't seen anything. Uh, it was a hammy watching the game live, but I, I, I haven't heard anything in the wash up since. And given he's probably a fringe player at best, if he's if he's in doubt um, at all, I think they'd probably give him a week off. Yeah, chucked in the older uh, minus eight super coach points in three quarters, uh, which is not ideal if you're relying on him. Um, next big topic, boys, to get to is it's a broad one this week. It's just called trade chat. Um, and I want to hear what you're thinking from a trading perspective. The first one we just mentioned him before um, is Clayton Oliver. Uh, and it sounds like, Charlie, you anyway, you're thinking that whatever happens, whatever comes out over the course of this week, it's most likely to be a hold for you. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm in a position where I don't really need to risk anything. I'm pretty set on on just getting a top 10,000 spot, especially where I've come from in the last four weeks. Right? I think I was 28,000th or something. So I'm pretty comfortable. But, Eddie, if I were you, you know, maybe pushing for a top 200, potentially top 100, I don't know how far off you are, um, it would be a very, very brave move uh, to trade. And I love it. I, I would love if someone in our Contributors League were to trade Clayton Oliver. I'd be all for it. Dylan, what do you think? Because uh, that, that was where I—that's where I wanted this conversation to go—was to talk about trading Clayton Oliver because I've got four trades left. As Charlie says, I want to make the top two fifty. I'm desperate for it. Um, do I think about trading Clayton Oliver? Who's your Who's your bench cover? Uh, ben Hobbs. And what's he going at? These days? He, he dropped a fifty six on the weekend. He's got a last five of sixty four, three round average of fifty six. It's not ideal. Mm, what there's, oh, geez, that's really tough. Yeah. So the 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 caveat is, if I was to upgrade someone else, I'd need to do two trades, a downgrade and an upgrade, which would leave me with two for the remainder of the season. And if I were to straight trade Oliver, I could do it in one. Oh, how far off top hundred are you? Points wise, I think I'm about a hundred points off. Yeah. Um. <sighs> If it was me, I would probably not do it only because I'm soft and I'm paranoid that someone will then go and belt someone <laughs> or do a hammy the week later. Um, but, I mean, geez, that, as Charlie mentioned, that's a that's a pretty big play and obviously you downgrade or get rid of Oliver, you get another gun in, that's a, another 100 points different to what someone who fields a, a Hobbs or a Burgoyne or a, someone does that week. It's a, that's, pretty, that's pretty appealing. It's, a, it's attractive, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to do some serious thinking about it this week. Now, before we, before we, before I make any decisions about it, though, I want to know if I do trade Oliver, what are my options? So for those out there who are thinking about the Oliver trade, um, it's one thing to actually trade him. It's another thing to make the decision about who to bring in. So I've asked you guys to come prepared with uh, one obvious option, um, and I want, to, I want also a pod choice as well with less than 10% ownership. So, Charlie, I want to throw to you first. Who's your... Who's your obvious option? Taking out all the all the sort of normal big dogs, um, who is the one guy sitting there um, that should be coming into my team? Do you think? 
Well, I know you've already got him, Eddie, but a lot of people don't. Surprisingly, he's only owned by 15%, which for a player of his quality is ridiculous. He should be um, up there you know, in the 40%. Rory Laird, um, mm-hmm. I think he's the clear and obvious number one midfielder um, at the moment. He hasn't dropped below 114 since round 10, uh, and he's got a three-round average of 137. So if you don't have him, um, he, like, he has to be at the top of the list. Here, let me read out his, his his three lowest scores for the season, Rory Laird. 93, 105, 114. Those are his three lowest scores for the season. And that 90, been, 95 was his first game back from a broken hand. So I think you yeah. just discount that completely. I think you forget about that. It's just been a remarkable season from Rory Laird. I, I love that option. Um, as you said, I've already got him. But if you don't have Rory Laird, uh, I really, really enjoy that. He also plays Collingwood, Sydney, Carlton, West Coast, North, and Port Adelaide in his last six games. So that is a friendly, friendly draw, to say the least. That North Melbourne game oof, could be tasty. Dylan, what about you? Who's the obvious guy that I need to think about? Yeah, I, again, have the exact same as Charlie. And my notes were, um, <coughs> my notes were the same as well. He's uh, third best uh, season average for midfielders. And I don't know how he's in only 15% of teams. He's a, he's a gun. Yeah, love it. Okay, well, we've, if Rory Laird is the consensus option for the obvious pick, what about the not-so-obvious pick, Charlie? Who, If I'm, if I'm going to make a proper move up the rankings, uh, and if you're out there and you want to make a big move up the rankings and the Oliver trade is on the cards, you're going to need someone who's a bit rogue, someone that the other teams around you don't have. Who, Who is that guy? Oh, I've got here, Eddie, your boy, Zach Merritt. Um, he, he is still a pod. He's under 10%. That that number might not climb this week. Um but he's got two 140s in a row. He's 50K down from his starting price. He's got Darcy Parrish out of the side. So he's the, the clear and you know number one midfielder for the Bombers at the moment. Um, and he plays Gold Coast, Collingwood and North in his next three. Uh, mm. Easy matchups. Um, two or well, three teams that, that really don't have, have many defensive bones. I think he should just be able to run around all day against them. I absolutely love it. That's a great call. Dylan, who have you got for me? Yeah, we, sh- we probably should have cross-checked notes because I had Merritt down as well. <laughs> I um, love it. I yeah, love it. I think he's, a, as much as I had, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Essendon. I think he's a good option this week and a bit of a pod play. Yeah. What if I were to tell you What if I were to tell you that the guy that's top of my list for pods is Luke Davies Uniac? What do you think about that, Charlie? I actually don't mind it. Um, I've honestly never thought of him as a uh, a solid AFL player, he's always had that potential and every preseason it's always the same thing. It's like, watch out for this breakout year, you know, next Paddy Cripps, blah, blah, blah. And he's never fully delivered. But in his past month, he's scored a 138, an 88, 124, and a, a recently a 149. So he looks good. He looks really, really good. And I don't think anyone can tag him. I think um, if you're playing North, obviously, you know, you don't really need a tag. You'd be much more inclined to tag Jai Simpkin, I reckon. What, uh, Dylan, I don't know. I'm guessing you probably weren't watching the Collingwood North game. I was only watching it because of time zones. Did you Did you happen to catch any of LDU's performance? Because he was astounding. I actually did watch it. Um, but I can't remember why I watched it. Um, but I was at home and didn't have much to do. So I watched it pretty closely. And it was, uh, I think it was one of the most complete performances by a player this year. Like he was, he was, um, he was unreal. I, jeez. My only issue with him is that he's five hundred and seventy grand, and he's not as proven as someone like a, a merit. Um, so yeah. I would be more inclined to go down someone who's got more of a history behind them. Um, but I mean, you talk about pods; he's only in nine hundred and fifty-six teams. 
So I was, yeah, yeah, I was. It was one of those ones that if I hadn't watched the game on the weekend, he wouldn't be in my calculations at all. But I just can't get that image of him breaking out of centre bounce after centre bounce after centre bounce. It was remarkable. Um, he was just a bull at a gate. It was incredible. Um, so I really like the look of him. I think Merritt's a good call. Uh, another one that I slightly had on the radar was Noah Anderson. He's a bit cheaper at that 519k. So you're making a bit of catch there. He's gone one three two one five four in back to back games and has a pretty friendly schedule coming home, including Essendon, West Coast, and North. I don't think I can quite bring myself to do that. Um, yeah, what do you reckon of that one, Charlie? I like Noah Anderson, but um, if I threw Cam Guthrie at you... Uh, mm. he's Please, throw him, throw him at me. He's only owned by uh, 3,370 teams, so 2% of the comp, massive pod. Um, his, oh my God, his last seven games have been ridiculous. So since round 10, he's got a low score of 101. Uh, and a second lowest score of 109. Um, and he's also got one, two, three, four, five, 110 plus scores, or 115 plus scores, actually. Sorry. So um, he was, he really kind of had a breakout year last year, if anything, in, in terms of. Super he did, league. yeah. Um, he was fantastic. He was fantastic. And he started the year off pretty, pretty slow uh, for whatever reason. I think he was in and out of the midfield, maybe. Um, he was playing some more lockdown role. But he's freed up. He's getting tackles. He's getting disposals. He looks great. Yeah, I love it. That's another really good one to throw in the mix. Um, next little person that I want to talk about when it comes to trade chat. Um, a lot of people, obviously, we've had to deal with uh, an absolute metric shit ton of, of crap in the ruck this season in terms of injuries and poor performance. Toby Nankervis is the latest one to uh, to bite people in the ass. He's in 6% of teams, um, almost 11,000 teams overall. I'm going to guess the vast majority of those brought him in over the last month. Um, and, yeah, as you said, Dylan, earlier, that PCL makes him likely a trade-out. Uh, what, what do we do, Dylan? Like, at what point, uh, at this point, what, what, what do we actually do in the ruck? Jeez. Um, it's, it's been, as you mentioned, it's been such an issue all year. I think English, Wits, O'Brien and Darcy are all strong options um, if you're looking for a, a straight swap. But otherwise, I really like Gorn. Um is, yeah. I'll pro, I, if you can, hopefully you can swing English up into the rucks for a week, um, play him there, or Goldstein even. I know some people went after Goldstein in the past month. If you can swing them into the rucks for a week, wait for Gorn to drop in price and then put Gorn in um, week after next, that could be good. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's such a tricky one. I think you just try and try and get the points as soon as you can. Yeah, and that's a very important point you make about Gorn needing to wait for him to drop in price because he had that 198, which is currently still in his rolling average, um, and that's going to fall out after this week. So his break-even this week is 189, even though he went up in price. Uh, so, yeah, you are going to need to wait for him because he's uh, he's pricey at the moment. He's at 614K, uh, which getting up from Nankervis to him, Nankervis is currently at 546. That might be too much for people. So, like you say, it might be just a case of holding on to Nank for a week, swinging, swinging English around, maybe playing around with Darcy Cameron, Luke Jackson, if you've got them, just finding a way to get someone on the field for Nank. Charlie, other options? Um, I've already got him, but I really like Sean Darcy. Um, he uh, he has three one ten plus scores in a row, um, and his next two fixtures he plays a pretty ruckmanless Sydney. Um, they had Peter Adams go down injured last week, and Sam Reed was the cover, uh, and then Richmond, who obviously Toby Nankervis is out injured. Mm. And if uh, if Dylan's correct, uh, Ivan Soldo will be uh, 
at least a worry for that as well. So um, he's probably got the the best two fixtures that you can ask for, I reckon, as a Ruckman. Yeah, agreed. And it's one of those ones I didn't expect him to score well against the Saints, given their Ruck lineup, how strong they are. But he got, luckily got those two goals, um, which really helped his score in the end. I really liked Sean Darcy. Are there any cheap options that, that are worth looking at? Is there Does Peter Wright take your fancy at all, Dylan? Like a Matt Flynn, Blitzarves, any of those guys? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe, yeah, probably not. Um, in short, I think I think I'd rather find a way to get one of the big guys that we've touched on. Um, I, I just think that's if you go for a, a Blixarves or a Wright or a someone, I think you just you're just asking for trouble. I think. Agreed. It's been God that the ruck's been a disaster. I wouldn't be surprised if some people have used more than ten trades just fixing up their rucks so far this year. It's just been terrible. Um, hopefully, we don't have to deal with that again next year. Last little trade question I want to ask you about is uh, Paddy Cripps. Is has he reached? Is he a problem now, um, Charlie? Is do we need to do something with him? Is, is this officially a trade out uh, option? He's absolutely yeah. I mean, if you've got the luxury, um, if you've got yeah enough trades in the bank, um, I think he. And Chris probably, but I think Cripps um, is probably uh, the best trade-out option if you are, you know, at full primo. Um, he'd be the first one to make way. And, look, he's always had problems with his tank um, in previous years. I think this is just a case of him running out of fuel. Mm. Um, he needs a week off. You can see it. He's he's tired during the game. He's, he's strutting his stuff. He's walking around. Um, he looks exhausted. Dylan, this is one of those ones that there's no right answer, but... How desperate is it to get rid of Crips? Is it is it at the point where if you have less than four trades left, you have to do it, or is it still at that point of where it's a luxury? Uh, I, I think it's still a luxury. Um, he's still scoring nineties, which isn't. It's obviously not great, but um, like his price now as well, he's down to five hundred twelve k. So you sort of need fifty k to get to anyone that's going to be any better than what he's scoring at the moment. So yeah, I don't know how you guys are sitting, but for me that would require a, a second trade. So I'm not really in the position yeah. to sideways him. Um, but yeah, he, he, since round eight, he's only had two scores above a hundred and I think I've put him at about round eight. So he's been a, not a great, uh, not a great trade in for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we were all sort of looking at that Crips to steal trade a few weeks ago and, and thinking we, we should have done it. Uh, me especially would have loved to have done that in retrospect, but yeah, easy to say uh, with a couple of weeks of hindsight. Um, it kind of feeds into my next big topic, which I wanted to talk to you about, guys about. I saw something pop up on Twitter earlier that the guy who's ranked third um, in the in the current Supercoach rankings has Isaac Heaney at M9. And he was able to loop his 111 onto his field for Paddy Cripps. So he had Cripps on the bench, had uh, Heaney looped on as an M9. Uh, it made him up 20 points just like that, just a simple 20 points. So I wanted to ask you what you guys, how valuable you think it is to have those primos slash semi-primos in, the, in those D7, M9, F7 spots. Charlie, where does it rank in terms of your, your levels of importance at this stage of the Supercoach season? Um, it's definitely not my first priority, uh, but it's incredibly valuable. Um, you've just got to be in a strong position to do so. Um, cause always my number one is just getting a full primo side, um, or getting the best 22 that I possibly can get. Um, and then, you know, whatever, whatever happens after that happens. Um, it's really tempting though, just to have that extra safety net. Um, at the moment I can bring in, um, Shy Bolton at F7 or M9 and, and use him as a loop. But then I've still got Crips and Crisp on field, um, and I think they're probably uh, more um, of a priority to trade up, I reckon. 
Yeah. Uh, see, I think it's one of those things where does correlation equal causation? Is it a is it a factor that the number three team in the country has one of these setups going? Is does that does that really show you how important it is, Dylan? The fact that a guy ranked this high has something like that set up and is is gaining 20, 25 points every week just by using it. I think it's probably a testament to how he's like. I haven't tracked this guy's team, but it's probably a case of how well he's gone all year, and he's just been a step ahead of everyone. Um, I've personally never had a an M seven, sorry, an M nine, a D seven, F seven swing really. Um, as Charlie mentioned, I've always been focused on getting the best twenty two possible. Um, but it's an interesting chat, and going back to Oliver as well, who's he's seven hundred and twenty grand. So you potentially pocket an extra fifty, sixty, hundred k if you do trade him out. All of a sudden, there's a little bit of extra coins to, to play around with, and maybe you know, maybe that's a, a, another perk of trading out. Oliver is that you can then have a, a Bolton or a Heaney sitting at at, um, at F7 who you can loop. Um, I think the issue with that as well is I would again, I've never been in this position, but I feel like if I if I had Heaney who scored 100, I'd be wanting to take that potentially over someone like a Will Brody, and then if Will Brody comes out and puts out a 130, you're like, oh, why have I why yeah. have I been to this bloke? So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it's if you're in that position, awesome, but I wouldn't be moving heaven and earth to get into that position, I don't think. Yeah, I think it takes a lot of nuts to to actually choose the player that you're going to sub off. I mean, it's one thing to have Heaney sitting there at M9. It's another thing to to, to have the balls to, to get rid of Cripps, to, to back that Cripps is not going to get that score. I mean, he's every chance to come out and put up a 150 and suddenly you've shot yourself in the foot three times over. Um, this also feeds nicely into our next chat. Um which is that, as we were talking about, people do not have cash to play with at this point. I've got no cash in the bank. Um, I don't think many teams do. We've all been burning it all year. Uh, we've got no cash in on the bench and no trades to, even, even if you do, we've got no trades to use it. So it's one of those times where we need to start looking at bargain basement options. And you mentioned one just then, Charlie, Shea Bolton. Um, I want to find out some other options under 500K uh, that you guys have managed to find in each line currently. So Charlie, I'll start with you in defence. Who have you got for me that's that's under 500k that I that I should have a look at uh, to bring into my team to make a bit of quick cash? Yeah, he was a big big option in, in preseason. Um, it was out of either him or Hugo Ralph Smith, um, who was going to get that halfback role in the Richmond defence. Um, Daniel Rioli, so he's he's fully taking advantage of uh, of Jaden Short's mission from halfback, um, and he's got back to back 120 plus scores. He looks really really nice. I love it. That's a really good one. Dylan, what about in defence? Who do you like? Um, I've picked out Tom Atkins, who's 477 grand. He, he's sort of been a revelation for the Geelong midfield. In the past, we've had your your Ablets, your Selwoods, your Dangerfields, your Guthries, the, the sort of big dogs. But Atkins, is, he's just been a really good blue-collared player um, for them. His last month has seen 103, 99, 98, and 119. So three-round average of 105. That's um, pretty appealing for me. I like it a lot, Charlie. What about what about in the midfield? If, if someone was looking to trade Oliver and you had sort of four or five trades left, and you wanted to make a quick two hundred grand to help you with your last three trades, who would you go with? Mitch Duncan. Yeah, mm. I love him. He's uh, he's a fantasy hall of famer, I think, um, off the back of his last two seasons, um, and he's returned to his seagull role um, in the back half. So. He looks really, really good. He's got 121 and 117 in his last two. It's a bit risky, um, especially you know, we've seen he's been very roller coastery this year. But if you're looking for money, if you're looking for value, and if you're looking for a pod, um, he's definitely up there. Yep, I love it. Dylan? Um, I've picked out uh, Chad Warner, who... It's, it's the pretty, Chad. It's, yeah, the Chad. <laughs> um, it's his last two weeks in particular that have sort of... Uh, 
piqued my interest. 155 against Essendon and 108 against the Dogs. I just think something's clicked for him. Um, kicks goals, gets a lot of the ball. I think he's a. I don't know that I'd put him in this year, but he's potentially one to flag for the future as well. I think he, he's going to be a pretty handy player for the Swans. Yep, absolutely love it. We're going to skip the rucks. I don't really care about them. Um, last one, Charlie, forward line. Who do you like under 500k? Your boy, Eddie, Dylan Moore. Yeah, oh, I know no, don't do it to me. <laughs> but he's coming off a big 135 versus the Crom, uh, and he had a 90 and a 112 before that. And I know before that he had a terrible month. Um, oh, don't need to tell me that. <laughs> but now he plays the Eagles and North as next two. Um, and as I said before, he's critical to the Hawks. Like they, they are very dependent on him, I think. Yep, I love it. Last one, Dylan. Who have you got for me? I had Mitch Duncan as well as a forward yep. option. I think he, he's just class. Yeah, I love it. I've owned him in AFL Fantasy for the last few weeks and it has been a delight. Um, last of our big topics, um, Charlie, you've got some State League news for us. A couple of big name big name State Leaguers doing some good things in the VFL, SNFL, Waffle, wherever they're playing. Um, run us through it. Yeah, not totally relevant um, as a player, but Billy Frampton played the Himmelberg role uh, in the resis. He's played that um, a little bit this year as well in the AFL. But he got 26 touches and 12 marks. Oh, um, God. If, yeah, if he were to come back in um, and play that role immediately, the Crows don't really have anyone that is doing that. Um, he could be uh, he could be a pretty tasty value option. Um, Jonathan Segler uh, is looking more and more likely to come in for the Cats um, after a 36 hit out and 23 disposal performance. Um he could, yeah, he could definitely come in. For the Cats as well, Francis Evans kicked five uh, in a really, really good performance um, by his standards. Uh, and I think, you know, Geelong are probably looking for that midfield, uh, that forward, sorry, um, just to, to support Tyson Stengel a little bit. Um, Finlay McRae, my boy, my preseason boy, I love him. Um, <laughs> 34 touches, nine tackles and 10 clears. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. and, uh, and looking at how Collingwood played on the weekend, they got the win, but yeah, not in not in good fashion. So he he looks likely. Um, Jason Horn Francis. It was a big statement by North to drop him. Um, it was indeed. He had thirty one, kicked a goal from outside fifty on the left. If you don't mind, um, mm-hmm. and especially because they lost, I can see him coming back in immediately. Charlie Constable, thirty five touches, nine marks, seven. <laughs> um, oh, he's not coming in at this point, surely. He's not coming in, but maybe give it a couple of weeks. Um, I'd be very surprised if he didn't, doesn't play at least one game this year um, for someone. Been, he's been. Boys. I swear he's been putting up those numbers every week, though. I know, and he did it last year. He's done it, you know, the last couple of seasons for Geelong as well. He, I don't know. I don't know why coaches aren't giving him a crack, but um, anyway, he's got, he's got Tom. He's got he's got Tom Mitchell syndrome. It, yeah. Toby McLean, twenty-seven touches and nine tackles. Great to see him back playing footy again. Uh, can't really see him coming back into the, the the ones at the moment. Josh Bruce kicked four goals, five. Um, he looks fit and ready. Uh, the dogs are screaming out for for some Aaron Norton support. Um, he yeah he he played a remarkable game. Uh, but on the other end of the spectrum, Braden Bruce had a pretty quiet one with just six touches and thirty hitouts. I uh, unfortunately for for Nico, um, I don't think he'll be coming back in anytime soon. No, it doesn't seem like he will, does it? Um, anyone else that we've missed there, Dylan, that caught your eye? No, that was that was pretty uh, spot on from Charlie again. Brett Turner was good for um, the Crows in the sand for mm. 
Just a couple of potential debutants to flag. Carl Warner for Frio. Um, he's sort of been pretty inconsistent at uh, at state league level, but he had another 23 disposal game, so he's one that might break in um, potentially at the back end of the year, if not if not early next year. Um, Jacob Hopper was really good for, for GWS again. He'll, he'll uh, be in the seniors soon enough. And Bailey Laurie as well, I think, could debut sooner rather than later for Melbourne. He... Kick two or three and and, uh, and had twenty nine touches as well. So I think Laurie and Warner are two to flag. Um, is Hopper is Hopper going to come back in this week? Do you think? I think he's played two games in the twos now. So I would, uh, without knowing too much around his uh, conditioning block that's required, I think he'll be back. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder what that means for the likes of Canelio and Taranto, etc. Um, mm. Because Hopper is a midfielder and a midfielder alone, you would think. Um, so, yeah, interested to see what happens there. Now, boys, if you like a punt, check out topsport.com.au, home of the best same-game multi in the business where the odds actually add up. We'll be previewing their markets throughout the season. Use the code SCPLAYBOOK if you're linking up your account so they know we sent you. Helps out the podcast. 18-plus only. Gamble responsibly. Uh, boys, what have you got for me this week? We, As always, we pick a market every week that we like the look of. Um, what have you found for us, Charlie? I uh, Call me crazy, but I think there's a lot of value uh, in the North handicap um, against the Tigers. I don't know. I just I think they, they put up a very spirited effort last week um, against the Pies. The Pies were terrible, let's be honest, but North also played very well. Um, and LDU uh, and Dry Simpkin were at the forefront of that. I think they'll continue that into into this week against the Tigers. They've got a handicap of forty three point five. Um, mm-hmm. That's at a dollar ninety. I really like that. And then double that up with Frio one to thirty nine. I think they are playing. Who are they playing? Sydney, maybe. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sydney. Yeah, they are. Uh, in Frio as well. So if you multi that up, that's uh, that's four dollars and eight cents. I love it. Like the look of that a lot. Dylan, what have you found for me? Yeah, similar train of thought again. I've gone uh, Freo to beat Sydney just head-to-head, I think, home ground advantage. Swings that in the Dockers' favour. Um, I'll back Hawthorne to beat West Coast at the G and Geelong to beat Carlton. I don't know. People sleep on Geelong. I think they're a really big chance to win the flag this year. Um, I agree. I know they were... In the past, they've always peaked halfway through the year and then they, they sort of have their their slump, I guess, in the back half, and they don't really get rolling come finals time. They didn't peak early this year. I feel like they're peaking at the right time. I think they're a really big chance to win the flag. So Geelong, Hawthorne, and Frio uh, comes to $3.10. Really nice. I had a similar train of thought, except I went Carlton outright to beat Geelong. I really like the look of that at the G. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why they're $2.30 outsiders. I know Geelong have been playing good footy, but so have Carlton for the most part. Um, and then I actually quite like the Eagles line at plus 24.5 against the Hawks. Um, I think the Eagles play quite a dour brand of footy. I know they got smacked apart by Carlton over the weekend, but I think Carlton in another league compared to Hawthorne. Uh, I think that could be quite a good game at the MCG on a Saturday Arvo, I believe that is. Um, so you know, where is it? Sunday Arvo at the at the MCG. So, yep, that'll be with me. West Coast plus 24 and Carlton outright. That gets you a $4.37 multi. Uh, now, boys, what are we doing this week? What trades are you looking at, if any? Um, and what are your captains and vice captains, Charlie? I uh, I think it's definitely time to let go of Jacob Ware uh, in defence. Uh, the plan was always to, to hold him until he uh, maxed out in price and then use that cash to to do a double upgrade at some point. Um, so I'll downgrade him to a basement price rookie. 
And then, uh, well, it's either Jack Crisp up to Shannon Hearn. Really like that. I, I really, I want to, I want a super pod and Shannon Hearn's at the top of my list. It's either going to be that or Paddy Cripps to Zach Merritt, I think for me. Very interesting, Charlie. How many trades do you have left out of interest? So if I make, if I make this weird or this where um, downgrade, which I definitely will, um, I'll have two trades. So two upgrades left. What about, what is it about um, Hearn that inspires you the most? Um, it's probably more important to focus on what doesn't inspire me, and that's his injury uh, history. <laughs> um, that's the only thing holding me back with pulling the trigger. Um, but <clears throat> he's, uh, he's taking kickouts, taking marks, getting cheap kicks, um, and he's uh, – oh, my – I'm just looking at his previous games. I didn't know he was that good. Since round seven, he, <laughs> he's got a lower score of 99. Um, and added to that, he's got – Four scores of 110 or above. Um, yeah, I really like the look of him. Um, just worried about his injury record, though. That's the only thing. Yep, nice. Uh, what about you, Dylan? Where are you looking for the week? Any trades or are you holding holding tight? Yeah, I think I'll hold tight, um, potentially. I'll, I'll bench Oliver and then I'll loop uh, Jace Bergwin and either D'Ambrosio or Blank, depending if D'Ambrosio gets up. Um, so I'll use a bit of DPP there to... Hopefully, get the best score out of those um, those two or three blokes um, as cover. Hopefully, I can get a sixty or something out of the, one of those guys. Yeah, nice. Uh, I'm thinking similar. Um, probably going to hold steady with Oliver, despite uh, some good convincing from Charlie earlier. I think Hobbs Hobbs is good for a fifty at least, um, and that should be enough to to maintain par with the people around me. Um, save a few trades to the run home. I've still got four left to spend. What about vice captains and captains, Dylan? Where should we be looking for those this week? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's pretty <coughs> tricky this week. I think Laird against Collingwood has to take some serious consideration. Um, Lockie Neal against GWS as well. Um, I like they're probably the two um, two that well they play, they play at the same time, so that's that's annoying. Um, I hadn't seen that until now. So I'll, I'll probably look at one of those guys as a captain, and then potentially a Bulldog or a Saint. Uh, Thursday or Friday night. Friday night. Beg your pardon. Love it, Charlie. Where are you headed for vice captain and captaincy options? Yeah, I think Laird's a, a lot for me um, as a VC against Collingwood. Um, I'm expecting one yep. forties, um, so that'll be my line for him. Uh, and then captain versus Port. Clayton Oliver's probably going to be the standout option, despite his sixty-eight against them earlier in the season. I think that was just a blip. Um, Oliver's out, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. I know that's why I was going. It was oh, sorry. Worst for me. Um, yeah, until his injury. But uh, Max Gorn, um, if you've got him, I wouldn't bring him in, and it would certainly be a risk to captain him, considering um, the Luke Jackson effect on him. But he plays Port, who uh, they're playing Finlayson in the ruck, um, who's you know not a ruckman. Um, he uh, he should dominate. It's just dependent on uh, how many CBAs he gets. I like it. Uh, just this is, this is a tough week. Last week felt like a no-brainer with captaincy. I think this week, the fact that Adelaide and Brisbane are playing at exactly the same time make thing, makes things really, really difficult. Because um, I think if you don't vice-captain one of the Bulldogs boys, then you're probably left captaining someone like an Andrew Brayshaw or a Took Miller. As we said, we don't really like Took against, um, against Jai Caldwell if that ends up happening again. So it's really rough. I think I'm with you, Dylan. I might have to vice-captain one of the Bulldogs boys. Uh, maybe maybe Bailey Dale even. I don't know. Don't like the look of English against the two St Kilda Ruckman. 
Bontempelli, I don't know. It's a tough one. This is going to take some serious, serious thinking this week. Um, now, if you're after premium content, um, you're one of the listeners out there and you're enjoying our work, make sure you sign up to SC Playbook, which gets you for $20, which gets you the entire content library for our 2022 AFL season. Or if you're after a bit more than that, you can go $40, which gets you the full package covering AFL, NRL, and BBL. Gets you access to stacks of extra articles every week of the season. Entry into our exclusive WhatsApp group where you can chat with all of us about your team. Um, and But if you're not interested in all of that, don't worry. We've got stacks of free content on the site to rummage through as well. Visit scplaybook.com.au for expert content and follow our Insta- Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter social handles at scplaybookafl, all one word. Uh, last thing to get to today, boys, we've got a couple of great listener Q&A questions. Um, the first one is from... Uh, let me just grab that up for us. The first one is from Corey Blackledge, who says, what do you think in a few weeks for Supercoach finals, Whitfield up to Stewart slash Doherty or Cripps up to a Mills? Dylan, what do you think for Corey? Um, without <laughs> seeing his full side, I would probably think Whitfield up to Stewart or Doherty is the, the better move, only because we've seen how bad Whitfield can score. So he scored 50 um, or 46, I think it was, uh, on the weekend. You- don't really want that, whereas Cripps at least is going 80 or 90 most weeks. Um, so I think I think I'd be looking at um, Whitfield up to Stewart or Doherty, especially given Stewart will likely be a pod um, come Supercoach finals as well, given most dropped uh, jumped off when he was suspended. I love it. Last question, and I think this is for the group more than anything. Um, I want to know. This is from Jason, who wants to know: Are uh, are there any guys that you are there any players that you guys actively avoid for no reason than you just couldn't stomach having them on your team? Charlie, anyone that sticks out for you there? Um, well, as of this year, Luke Ryan is on my never, ever, 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 ever again list. I uh, <laughs> he's I don't the, the words I could say about him uh, aren't, aren't <laughs> suitable for this. Um, He's, uh, oh, yeah, I, I can see myself never owning him. Um, Jake Stringer oh. as well. Uh, I've had him before. Um, and he's always, you know, will he play midfield? Will he not? When he does play midfield, he, he dominates. But, um, yeah, he's always a risk. So probably those two two boys uh, are, uh, I can, uh, yeah, I won't pick. What about you, Dylan? I used to never pick Collingwood players. I think there was a year Dane Swan averaged like 140 and it didn't matter what he was doing. I just wouldn't pick him in, put put him in. So uh, that that was a while ago now though. Um, But in terms of, there's not necessarily anyone I just can't stomach. It's just guys that have burnt me in the past. So I haven't even considered Bolton this year. Um, I put him in last year and he was a a flop for me. Um, Lockie Whitfield, I'll never pick again. I, I couldn't understand the, the hype around him in preseason. Um, and I'm glad I steered clear of him, but he's, he's, a, he's a perennial burn man. He kills people every year and people keep going back. So certainly don't go near Lockie Whitfield. Um, and Josh Kelly's probably the other one that yeah. I'm probably too scared to go near. Great player, but he's, he's, the fact that he's out every four, four weeks with a, a calf or a hammy or a quad or something, I just, yeah, that's a risk I, I don't like taking on. I'm right with you on the Collingwood boys. I just Jordan Dugowie just doesn't do it for me um, from a football perspective and just a just a general perspective. I, I can't really do that, so I don't like the idea of him, having him in my team. Same with Heaney. Um, he's burnt all of us, I think, at one one point or another. He's one that I don't think I'll ever bring into my team. And I also kind of like avoiding the Bombers boys as well. I think you know I just I find it doubly frustrating watching us be shit and also the players that I have in my team be shit. 
Um, it's kind of that double-edged sword that I really don't enjoy. Uh, but yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for bringing that up, Jason. Um, that's about all we've got time for today, boys. So thank you for joining us for another week of the SC Playbook podcast. Charlie, enjoy the cup of tea that you're currently sipping on. Thanks, Eddie. We'll do. Uh, Dylan, thank you for joining us again. We'll speak to you guys next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.